welcome to the Creating Us podcast, hosted by the Office of Leader and Culture Development. I'm Jason. And I'm Shelby. And we're excited to be with you as we go on a journey across the Texas Tech University system. All right, here we go. Shelby, how are you today? I'm doing great. I am a, a little bit ready for some cooler weather, but other than that, I'm isn't, great. But isn't this week cooler because it's not 100? I don't know. I feel like it's still 100 degrees outside. It, it is. It, <laughs> I mean, well, it is August. So, I mean, that's kind of what we, at least that's what I've learned we've come to expect. But it yeah. is, it's so comical because I see like the news back home in, in Minnesota and they're talking about heat advisory and it's going to get to like 93 degrees. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I guess I really was <laughs> pretty pathetic <laughs> when we were living up there, but it's all it's good. like us with ice and right? snow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the first winter we had like a dusting and everything shut down. So we very yeah. much enjoyed that. Yeah. All right. So what we can. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what are we doing today? How are what are we? We're going to continue our journey, right? Talking to other leaders. But who are we yeah. talking to today? We have a fantastic leader, uh, Kim Turner from the Office of Audit. So I am so excited to welcome you, Kim. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well today. Thanks for asking me to do this. I'm I'm both excited and intimidated. I've listened to a couple of other <laughs> leaders and thought, man, there's no way I can do as good of a job as they did. But I'm really excited to be here. But, you know, <laughs> here's here's the thing. This is why we wanted to do this, because we have so many amazing leaders, not just at the system administration, but at Angelo State, at Midwestern State, in El Paso, at HSC, at TTU. So this really, I mean, the bar is so high, but it's but it's who we are. And I think that's the best part about it. So mm -hmm. we all well, have our unique, you know, leadership styles and and you are one of those great leaders that we do look up to. So we're ready to to learn more from you. And whether you. you want us to or not, we do. So <laughs> thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it. So Kim, let's just start with what what do people, what do we want people to know about you? And and we'd love to know how did you get to where you are and and just some more about your background. Yeah, awesome. Well, one, uh, I've been an auditor for my entire career, more than 30 years. Um, I started out in one of the big accounting firms, the big worldwide accounting firms, Ernst & Young, and that gave me a great foundation for a few years. And then my husband and I, my husband of 33 years as of last week, um, we had our first child and we were living in Dallas, far from our West Texas parents and grandparents. And we decided we needed to get back right away. So came back to Lubbock, um, which is close to where we both grew up. And I took a job as an internal auditor with a restaurant company. And that was really my first foray into this world that I've been living in now since then. Um, it was really interesting for several years. And then I, I started getting a little bit bored and about that time, I learned about an opening at Texas Tech in their internal audit department and applied for it. And my former boss uh, told told an, told another person one time in my presence, I thought I was inter just giving a courtesy interview to the daughter of an old friend. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, well, 
I'm really glad you did that. <clears throat> and thanks a lot for taking a chance on me. And she was uh, said she was also, you know, ha happily surprised maybe and glad that she did that. But that's how I came to Texas Tech. It's been 25 years ago, almost 26 now. Um, and I've learned so much since I got here. And then I want to tell you about the other part of my life, which is really the more important part. And that's my family. Um, after that baby was born, who's no longer obviously a baby, we had two more. So I've raised three kids while working full time. The longest breaks I ever took were three maternity leaves and came back every time full time. And so that I think has also shaped how I lead and how I think about um, our clients, how I think about my staff and how I um, how we handle things in our office. You know, mm -hmm. even when Fran interviewed me, I told her, you know, I had two children by then. And I said, you know, my kids really my family comes first. And I don't I don't in my current job, I don't have to miss, you know, Valentine parties at preschool and Obviously, when they're sick, um, I want to be home with them. And she said, all of that is good. She also raised her two daughters while working full time. Mm -hmm. So that's been a blessing to have that opportunity to put my family first and still be working full time and feeling like I was advancing my career. That's awesome. So I want to, if we can, I, I want to build on this family uh, this idea of of family at work because you know it's it's one of those examples where one of the things that I've appreciated the most about working within our system I you know I started at the health sciences center and then coming over here has been the focus on family you know I think it's something that we've heard companies say like oh we're family first but then when it comes down to it there's there's just gap like it's not really what it is but yet when we've been here and i think about so my wife works um at the health sciences center in student business services and she uh, you know there have been many times where all right you know she's going to run out and take care of one of our kids or mm -hmm. you know for me if i i got i got to run quick and and go and do that i have not once have i ever received pushback not once have I ever had a leader say to me, that's not acceptable. So as you think about your role as a vice chancellor leading this team, and, and, and you have a, a very unique team that is spread across the system. I mean, it's it's every university is a part of it. How then have how how are you taking your lessons learned, good and bad, and applying it to how you lead today? That is a great question. You know, I think I think because I was fortunate to work, especially after I got to Texas Tech, for someone who did put their own family first and who understood my need and desire to do that, that really informed how we both led. And, and really, the rest of our team, I think, appreciated that. Um, we, you know, we've had a lot of things that have happened over the years in our office. We celebrate babies. There's no one more excited than me when one of our staff says they're having a baby or their wife's having a baby. It's so exciting. We have baby showers. We want them to come visit. 
you know, we take food or whatever. And when somebody's getting married, we have, you know, wedding showers. And um, we once had a guy who um, had a very terrible situation. His, his wife basically left him one day and he couldn't even get out of bed, understandably. And and we we just loved on him. I mean, we made him, you know, a recipe book because he wasn't the one who cooked in his house. And we, you know, just told him, you know what, take care of yourself and the work will come when it's time. You you have to take care of yourself right now. You know, do what you can get, you know, get out of bed. If you come up here, it's great. We understand you may be distracted. This was long before anybody could work from home. And we just. I think we just wrapped him up and that's really my favorite example of how our office just came together around a really difficult situation and kind of loved him through it. And we do consider ourselves a family at work. We're very close. We go to lunch together all the time, you know, casually just on a Tuesday, you know, every Tuesday it's like, okay, who's in for lunch today? Okay. We pile in the car and head off somewhere. Um, We love, being together, like I look forward to coming to work every day because I get to work with such a great group of people in my office and then around the system, around our universities. Uh, and so I think that modeling that I had modeled for me, I had a, I also had a, a mentor at Ernst & Young that had two children and I was pregnant with my oldest and she took me to lunch one day when I was just about, I was probably eight or eight and a half months along. And she said, you know, what are you thinking that you're going to do after the baby's here? And I said, well, I'm, I'm coming back to work. We can't, my family can't afford for me not to work. And she said, okay, I did the same thing. Um, She was a senior manager. So she was one year away from making partner And she said, my husband's a football coach. And so I'm the primary breadwinner and I've worked. And so she really talked through things with me about what it's like to be a working mom and have other people helping raise your children. And, you know, what does that look like? And what are the hard things about that? And I still remember that conversation. It was 30 years ago. And I remember that lunch like it was yesterday because it was so meaningful. And some of the things that she said to me, I've really reflected back on over all these years. Um, you know, I think I think most mothers who work and maybe fathers who work, I obviously haven't walked in those shoes. I think most mothers who work feel guilt at least every now and then. And they question, am I doing the right thing? Should I be a stay-at-home mom or should I be working part-time? Am I doing everything I can to raise my family the right way. And whenever I would do that, I would really think back to that conversation and really sort of examine, okay, how are my kids doing? Are they well-adjusted and, you know, all the things. And I would, I concluded over all those years, okay, I, I'm, I'm still doing the right thing. This is working for our family, recognizing that, that that's, you know, family by family, those are decisions that they make. But I think that, um, Doing that myself has given me a lot of understanding and empathy for all of the people in um, in our office and outside that are doing the same thing. They're raising their children. They're you know going through life, the hard things that happen, whether it's an illness or the death of a parent or um, you know happy things like 
births and marriages and stuff, all those things really change your life. Mm -hmm. And if, if work can be a very steady um, presence and be very supportive, I think that makes a difference in our, um, in lives. Yeah. I love hearing, um, you know, the, the leaders who have made an impact on your life and, and the way that you lead. Um, I know from just hearing uh, like John talk about y'all have values moments in your, um, in your meetings. Can you talk more about that? And yes. Implement that kind of things into Yes everyday life. <laughs> I love to. We, as a little background, our office um, serves as the internal auditors for the system administration and all five of our universities. And all of the auditors that are located in Lubbock office in our building, but we also have auditors in El Paso and in San Angelo and in Wichita Falls. And so whenever we opened the first, what, I'm, what I'll call a remote office, people having employees outside of Lubbock, which happened in El Paso, we knew that it was very important to help them feel a part of our office. And we were able to implement technology at that time. We had we were the first system office to have one of the 360 degree cameras so that we could have whenever we have our staff meeting, which is every other week, and our leadership meeting, which is every week, we could see each other face to face. That really has made such a big difference in our lives. And that was back in like 2010, 2011. So we were able to take advantage of technology. So in our staff meeting that we have, which is all of all, everybody in our office participates every other week, we have standing items on our staff meeting agenda. And one of those is to talk about the values. Uh, We have some other, some other things like, guns ups. We give each other guns, guns ups, which are kind of kudos um, that people just gather along the way and bring those. But our values uh, standing agenda item, really, we started that after the system administration values summit, where those were identified. And we just wanted to be sure that those were um, not just, you know, words on a wall mm-hmm. in our office. Um, we wanted to make sure that we kept those really at the forefront of what we're doing. It's so interesting. Um, our office, the very first time I ever met with Steve Sosland, I got so excited because he started talking about values and he started talking about leadership and, you know, what, how you, how you operate. And I said, you know, our office identified core values. It's been more than 15 years ago now. And, and, he really engaged with that. We really kind of bonded over that. And I looked back at those core values this morning and it's so interesting because one of our core values way back then of our office was excellence, which translates to exemplary service. Of course, one of our system values, one of our values was integrity, which is represented in the system administration values. Another one is teamwork. We called it teamwork, but I remember at the time we were discussing it, um, having a discussion about what to call it, but what it really meant was we're a family and we balance our work life with our home life. And we recognize which one of those really is more important to all the people in our office. And so I can translate that into people first and respect and community. So it was really, I really hadn't looked back at those values that our office had so long ago until now, but it's amazing how well they match up with the ones that we're talking about. 
even we even had innovative and that also really matches up with exemplary service. Um, and so I'm, I was really excited to see that uh, as I looked back at those values. One of the advantages that I have learned and that I've seen many times over has been, you know, with, with our emphasis on, you know, building a sustainable values-based culture you know, yes, we're looking at it from a university perspective. We're having our value summits. We're also doing it from a school or a department level. But what I love about it is the one thing you won't see is at no point is anyone saying, oh, well, their value is this, so you must have that value too. Instead, what we're seeing is, okay, we've got these values, but how does it make sense in your team? And and I love what you were just saying because Y'all created yours well before we had the system values, right? But yet there's a connection. And I think there are key themes there. Care for each other, respect each other, influence, support, right? And and build that sense of community where family and work, they, they really come together. And that's really the theme that I've been hearing, you know, as we've gone through today. I'm curious as to, for those that are up and coming, those that are, you know, really have a desire to make an impact, whether it's through leadership or whether it's through the role they play, what advice or what guidance would you give? Wow, that's that's hard. Um, I, I joke around that I get paid every day to give my opinion. Uh, <laughs> but whenever, you know, whenever it comes to people asking for advice, I'm I'm always a little bit I, I feel very humble and feel like what? Well, you know, I, I can tell them kind of how I did things, but um, I, I don't, I try not to give unwanted advice. Um, I really, my my dad, uh, who's a huge influence even still in my life, um, he's very reluctant to give unwanted advice. And so if we ask him, hey, what do you think? He'll tell us. And if we don't, he usually doesn't. But <laughs> I'm not quite as good as him. I'm a little bit more like my mom who would give us uh, her opinion. (laughs) Whether you wanted it or not, right? (laughs) Yes. But I think what I would tell people is you have to really be authentic. You can't be someone else. You can't, you can emulate those things that you learn from your mentors and from people you admire, from people who are more experienced, but you have to do that within your own self. Um, I do think there are opportunities to expand our leadership capability and our um, the way that we operate. You know, there's a lot to be said about age and wisdom, um, which I do have now. I didn't always. Um, And I have I'm a different kind of leader than I was 25 years ago. I'm a different kind of leader than I was even five years ago, I think, because you keep learning. And frankly, some of the things you learn are from really bad leaders that you watch or that you have to work with. Um, and those things also inform how we move forward. You know, I watched a leader one time um, long ago, not at Texas Tech, hold all of her people very accountable to all the rules while she broke all of them all the time. No one respected her and no one, every, she was operating from a, a, um, a position of fear. Mm-hmm. And that was just terrible. And I thought, man, I'm never going to do that. So it makes you very cognizant. But, you know, I guess my advice is to, to learn from every experience. I've learned 
at least as much from the bad experiences as I have from the great experiences. And so with everything, I think there are always these nuggets that you can take away, um, whether they're good or bad. Um, So I would tell people be authentic. You know, in our business, communication is incredibly important. And I think people recognize that now. I don't think they did 25 years ago. I think 25 years ago, we were more kind of bean counters and people weren't sure auditing is kind of like voodoo and you give them a bunch of information and then they come back with a report and you don't really know how they got there. Um, But, you know, we're it's very that makes it even more important for us to do our job very well Um, that, you know, I. I tell our brand new auditors that start with us, we start out in a hole with people simply because we're auditors. And we say we're from audit and we're here to help. People think it's a joke and we say it sort of tongue in cheek, but we actually mean it. Um, And so that we, we interview looking for those attitudes that will be problematic in our work. Gotcha auditors. I think gotcha auditors, they still exist. I can name some. I'm not going to. None of them are in our office because we actually look for that in our interview process. Because when if you're a gotcha auditor, you cannot be successful. No one will trust the work that you're doing. No one believes that it's coming from a, a place of uh, positivity and trying to help. And so that those things are very important. You've got to be as transparent as you can while respecting confidentiality and the things that we have to take care of that we're seeing um, that we can't sort of have just out there. But I think that's the most important thing is, you know, if you always operate with personal integrity, that's going to be, that's going to come through and it's going to help people understand what you're trying to do and where you're going. So that would be really my key advice is operate with integrity. If you say you're going to do something, follow through. If you can't follow through, let people know, acknowledge that, and then move forward. But operating with integrity is probably the best advice that I could give anyone. That's great. You know, this is one of the things that I love about doing these interviews is we don't script these, right? Um, And the topics just tend to emerge. And I think hands down, one of the best aspects of this, not only from that advice about authentic and and I, I love the example you gave about the gotcha auditor, because I think that relates in so many fields and so many areas. But the fact that you could have an open, honest conversation about the value of family, uh, so thank you for that, because I think it's so important and uh, it just, I think, really made this come to life. So as we wrap up our time together, Shelby, final thoughts. Yeah, I have so enjoyed this conversation and I appreciate you being on here with us. And and I I really do look up to you as a, a woman leader. So I, I'm just wow. to to hear about you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. Um, I, I really appreciate you saying that. And again, Kim, we can't thank you enough for being a part of this. Uh, every time we do one of these, you know, that bar goes higher and, and you did just that. It, this truly was a pleasure being able to learn more about you and and just kind of 
who you are and what you bring. I, I just think that's what makes us so great is, uh, you know, the individuals uh, that help us and help guide and, and empower all of us. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Creating Us podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please let me know at jason.weber at ttu.edu. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Shelby. Take care.